Welcome to Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. My name is Josh Lyons. I've been listening to Hardcore and Punk since 1995. I have book shows, put out a fanzine, run a record label, and now I'm doing a podcast. This is the Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. Welcome to episode 38. As always, you can find the podcast on the web at enterprisehardcorepodcast.com. And as always, give us a follow on Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. Uh, likely pretty soon you'll find some stuff from uh, Patreon as well as some merchandise, uh, more information to follow for that. And uh, like I said on the last episode, I'm starting to look for advertisers. So if you know you got a product you want me to sell, get a hold of me. I, I can sell products. Other than that, thanks for checking out the episode. Uh, we're doing something kind of cool tonight. We're going to have uh, Aiden from Borrowed Time and uh, Jim's going to kind of back him up a little bit. So uh, I guess with all that going on, uh, how's everything going for you tonight, Aiden? Oh, groovy. Very good. Very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to do this. Uh, I know Jim and I talked about this before, and then, then you know, you and I finally caught up. So I'm, 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 I'm I know, and it's great because I definitely wanted to use use it in a, as an excuse to bullshit with Jim too. So, and that's, and that's, my memory is not great. Yeah. And Jim's is better than mine. Yeah, that's what you were telling me before, and and I was thinking the same thing though. It'd be a good a, a good excuse for us just to kind of shoot the shit the three of us for a couple hours. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, yeah, I guess, Jim, you're going to be in the background a little bit here, too. So how are you doing tonight, Jim? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad this uh, all came together. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, uh, Jim was on the podcast like a little over a year ago. Uh, Jim also played bass uh, with Aiden uh, in two bands with Aiden, actually. Uh, so we'll be talking about both those bands tonight. But I guess before we do all that, I'm honestly kind of getting sick and tired of asking people like their background and their upbringing story, but I feel like Aiden's going to kind of have an interesting one being that he, he kind of came from somewhere a little further away. So I kind of like to talk about that a little bit first, if you don't mind, Aiden. Yeah, no bother. No bother. Um, so I guess, yeah, tell everybody kind of like where you're from and just kind of like your upbringing before you kind of like you got into punk and stuff like that. Well, I, uh, I'm from a town called Bray. Uh, it's on the East coast of Ireland. Uh, South of Dublin, uh, it's a it's a nice town. Jim's been there with me. Um, it's a nice little seaside town. It was close to the city, uh, so yeah, it was great. I loved I loved it there. But you know, when you get you get become a teenager, you don't want to be anywhere you're from, right? Well, I didn't. Anyhow, I wanted to travel, so you know, I took off. So did you go straight to the U.S. then as a teenager, or were you kind of traveling no, around? No, I, uh, well, actually, yeah, kind of. Um, I, I, I came over to the States uh, initially when I was, I think I was 18, 19, 19, yeah. And uh, I went to New York. It was more of a holiday, but, but we rented an apartment, and there was 10 of us living there, and... Uh, I loved it. I just, I just, uh, I got a little gig for the, during the day. I mean, we were totally just fucking hanging out and I would go to hardcore shows every fucking night, every fucking night there was shows on. It was, it was awesome. It was so good. So, uh, you know, they were, uh, that was the summer they were filming, uh, the New York hardcore documentary. So if you uh, if you look on that, you'll see me, a skinny young version of me with maybe two tattoos, uh, 
hiding from every fucking fight that was happening. But it was really fun. It was that was a cool. That was so yeah. So that's so that's how I when I came to the states. Yeah, uh, all I wanted to do was go to hard portions. I didn't give a shit about anything else at that point. That's. Know? That's one of my favorite documentaries, and it's it's crazy that you're in there. And and I I, I used to own that VHS. It, it disappeared randomly. I'm not really sure, you know, exactly. Oh, what, no. I can't remember what happened to it, but you know, we'll we'll get we'll get we'll get Sonny Hate Five Six on the case at some point and see if he can crack that. Yeah, out. yeah. I was I, the funniest part of that whole video is when Isaac was talking about fucking Rick falling in the fishing tackle. That was pretty funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It's all on YouTube now. I think about that a lot because, like, the District 9 shit on there is really good, too. Um, guys are great. They were, yeah. they were nice guys. I went, up to, uh, I went up to a show in the Bronx that they played, and it was fucking wild. And it was, like, out in this, uh, just in this basketball court. And there was wrestling. The Iron Sheik was there. It was wild. <laughs> that's crazy. Burnt out cars. Fucking the whole lot. I, I, I was living this fucking fantasy. You know, this Irish kid, you know, I'm like oblivious to where I am, you know, and going to these shows. It was great. It was really, really fun. So you Aiden, that's like 94, 95? 95. Yeah, that was 1995, yeah. So that's like all the classic early to mid-90s New York hardcore. You were like right at the epicenter of it then. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you stay in the States at that point after that? Like, I know you said you guys... No, I went home. I, w- I went home and... Uh, and then I came back out and uh, I, I, I went back and forth a bit for a while uh, before I got, you know, got my stuff sorted, green card and all that. And, uh, but I, I, I went out to San Francisco then and I was really lucky I went to San Francisco at the time I did because um, the hardcore scene was just kind of blossoming at that point there. And there was really, really good bands. You know, it was Powerhouse and Second Coming and Redemption 87. And, you know, there was all these really, it was a really strong scene. So, yeah, that was, it was good. When I was younger, when I was younger, when I was going to hardcore shows, no, I had, it was really good. It was a good time to be into hardcore. But I, I, I feel like kids probably feel that way whenever they get into hardcore, right? You know, it's a good time. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying on the last episode when I, I did a, a building on fire retrospective with some of those guys. And it's it's not even that long later than we're talking about right now, like the early 2000s, you know, and I was just saying like that era is a lot of fun, which we'll get into, obviously. Yeah, it was. Um, so I guess obviously you're talking about like OBHC and shit like that, then you were kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point. That. So did you and I guess a word that kind of came to mind for me when preparing for this interview that I, I think we can all agree on is, is you've kind of led like a, a nomadic lifestyle at this point. Ooh, yeah, I'm a bum. I, I, I have, yes, I have lived a nomadic life, yes. Uh, I, um, I traveled around a lot and met a lot of people. And I, I'm settled now, you know. Yeah. That was kind of, the brakes have been definitely put on. But. I, don't, I guess I don't want to jump around too much, but like in between California and Rochester, was there more stops or did you end up coming? Because I know you came here like, like what, like 99, 2000? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, so uh, after SF, <laughs> SF didn't end great for me. Uh, I got a little crazy out there and then I went home to Ireland and, uh, um, for a while and then I moved to Boston and I was in Boston for a little, for a year and that's before I, uh, moved up to Rochester. 
So okay. yeah, I was in I was in Boston and I learned to tattoo in Boston at that okay, point, yeah. and and that was like ninety eight, uh, ninety nine. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that was something I wanted to ask you about because like, I know like hardcore and punk, obviously, like you're saying, came into play like as a teenager. Like like when did the interest in like tattooing and, and stuff like that come into play? Well, I always wanted I wanted I always wanted a career in art, but I I uh, I was too childish to look for it and uh i'd gotten into uh animation and i decided not to do it and i don't know tattooing just uh was very it appealed to me because it's not it wasn't common in ireland like and there was only a certain class of people that had tattoos when i was growing up but i still was drawn to it and then um you know i i actually going to new york and seeing a lot of heavily tattooed people of course you it's it's fucking awesome right you're seeing these these dudes wearing these tattoos, and and some of them are great. And uh, I remember seeing a tattoo that uh, Siv had done on this guy from this band called the Enkindles. We were talking one day, and they were from Louisville, I believe. And uh, he had this koi fish on his leg, and it blew my fucking mind. And uh, I was like, that's fucking awesome. It was a great tattoo. And that's kind of where, so, you know, punk brought me to, heart, to the art of tattooing and the craft. And I, I, I think that I, I, I have, you, you know, whatever you're into, you look at it through your lens and glasses. So I felt that, you know, it was this tattooing was this folk art, and working class folk art, which it is and isn't, you know, 20, 20 fucking Three years later, I have different opinions, but you know, well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's how I got into it. Yeah, that's another thing I kind of want to put a time frame on it too, because you're talking like mid '90s with the tattoos, and like then, like seeing people from bands and like hip or like even like bikers, you'd see them with tattoos. Whereas now, obviously, anybody walking down the street has yeah. like a lot of tattoos. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so it, I think I feel like it'd be a little different now, like you know, versus then, I guess. But <sighs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the people that are going to judge people are going to judge people. There's, I, I think we, I, anything about the last few years that we've learned is that we don't know what the fuck people are thinking. And a lot of people are dumbasses. So, like, you know, I still run into it. Like, I, I got one on my face and I'm very self-conscious about that. I mean, I don't give a fuck, but, you know, I definitely am conscious of it when I go in certain stores or places like that, you know. But, hey, Sarah. I did it. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. So um, obviously one of the main, well, the main reason like Jim here was here was to talk about the bands you guys were in. But one thing I was thinking before was obviously, you, you know, we know you were in something sacred and borrowed time, but did, were there any bands you did like in any other cities that you were in, like on any of the stops before? Yeah, I did, I, I, I did a, I did a band in uh, San Francisco and I had a band in Ireland um, when I was a kid. Uh, the band in Ireland was some, friends from home it was good it was fun. it was kid stuff um and the band in san francisco uh it was just some friends and uh it was good it, it wasn't it was hard because i was into new york hardcore and i made friends with these california guys and uh they grew up on which was great because it turned me on to a lot of music outside of hardcore like out of outside of my idea of what hardcore was right so so they were listening to Dr. No and, and all that nardcore shit, Ill Repute and 
adolescence and stuff like that, which I actually listen to probably more now than than you know New York New York hardcore stuff, you know. But uh, so it kind of had that style, but I was trying to make it a New York hardcore band as hard as I could. I was like, "Come on, guys, listen to the Chromags," and they're like, "Fuck that metal shit." I'm like, "Oh, it's so good," you know. But but it, that's what I did before something sacred, and then I'm uh, I don't know how some oh well Sean and I started something sacred, and then met Jim, uh, wasn't that? Oh, we met Rob, and then we met when Rob introduced me to Jim. And, uh, you know, it was love at first sight. <laughs> this is where we'll have Jim jump in for a second, I guess. Uh, is that, is that pretty accurate from how you remember it all? Yeah. That, that, um, I don't know if Aiden had done work on Rob or knew of him through where Aiden was tattooing at the time. And, uh, um, I think I tattooed him. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, talking about bands and p- trying to put something together and, uh, and that's when Rob, Rob and I, the screamo band, we were in together and he came, he pulled me in, um, and said, you know, this is Aiden and he wants to do, uh, you know, an old school kind of band. And it was, uh, yeah, it was game on from there. I was super psyched to, it was really you know, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a blast to write that stuff. That was a really fun time. And, you know, Sean and I had a great chemistry. I, I, uh, I love Sean very much. And uh, he uh, he had a presence, man. He uh, he definitely was an awesome frontman, you know. And then we played off each other. It was fun. That was a fun fucking band. Our songs weren't weren't as beefy as they could have been, but you know, it was what it was, and it was fun as fuck. And there weren't too many two vocal two vocalist bands back then, or even no. now, you know. So no, no. I mean, like. I, I kind of, I wonder how we even came up with it. Like, cause I, I at that point, Scarhead wasn't around or any of that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't, uh, maybe, I don't know, who cares? I think we just wanted to do a band and, and neither of us could fucking play an instrument. So we were like, well, what, what, what should we do? We should both sing. So, if you, but then again, you'd have to ask Sean, yeah. so. Yeah, well, like I was saying, and I was putting in the notes in the interview, you guys ended up with a real cast of characters in that band, too, between Rob and... Oh, yeah. And what was the drummer's name in that band again? Brian. That was Brian, Brian that drummed in that band? Brian was great. Listen, dude. Brian, <laughs> Brian's great. He's probably listening to us right now. Um, Brian was a character, for sure. He was a funny motherfucker. And uh, just had a, a way about him. Yeah, we, that was a fun band. We we uh, we played some good shows. So they were. It was really. It was kind of a party band when you think about it. Like it was like we were trying to be Rochester's Murphy's Law. That's how I felt about it at times. But a tough version. Yeah, because it definitely had more of like a New York hardcore lean. I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely a fun period. I feel like Jim, you and I kind of covered the time frame on the episode with you. But what, what, what was the time of the band? Like a year or two, maybe. Um, yeah. like, from from what then then Butson came in and, and gave us you know some legs for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. I don't remember when when Rob left or uh, was asked to leave or whatever. I don't remember how that played out. But um, I Rob? think our, our show was like. November of 2002. 
because um, then Butson was leaving. Um, that's like nine. That's like nine months. Because or no, maybe maybe a year actually. Because I because I booked the Come and Correct show, which we'll backtrack a little bit while you're thinking yeah, of a time frame. That was sweet. Yeah. There's. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on Rick stories, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that that. That in and of itself, that whole show, um, I had known, I had met Aiden a few times. I think that was my first time meeting Jim, which we've told this story in depth on, on his episode and a few others. But uh, my, my fond memory from that show is obviously when you guys covered Killing Time and Jim Callahan casually oh, yeah. into my mouth and uh, yeah. popped my well, tooth He out. knocked your tooth out. Yeah. So I still oh, got the dude, fake right I'm here. So. And but I you weren't the only one, bro. Oh no! I've, I've had an illustrious career in hardcore. People getting their teeth knocked out when we're playing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lucky yeah. I didn't lose any of mine. I, I, I have my teeth are held in by fucking string, so I would. Yeah. yeah, it feels like the fake ones held in by string now. So I'll probably have to get a uh, root canal at some point. So, but uh, so that's the early era, and you guys obviously were covering Killing Time, so you were kind of letting people know, you know, where you guys were going with yeah you know, kind of direction you're we taking. We're definitely going. trying to speak. We were definitely trying to like, hey, we, this is what we're about. We're about this shit. And uh, we, you know, it was fun. And uh, we didn't really get in any trouble, did we, Jim? I can't remember, did we? Uh, did we annoy not really. Yeah, because I, I think people, did, they didn't know what to make of us, you know, like. I, I remember the first time seeing, like, between the two, like, you and Sean are, are big dudes. And I remember Sean had, like, a basketball jersey and, like, high socks and, like, a Kangol hat on. I was like, what am I getting myself into? You know, like, these these aren't the guys that I've seen at shows before I, in Rochester. Um, this is going to be pretty awesome. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely made an it, impact. And it I was think, funny. I think after we realized we were – kind of the black sheep of the scene at the time you know especially you um being in the front just kind of played on it you know and then we started playing some more covers that people really jived with i know i i i I should be canceled for some of the things i've said on stage (laughs) honestly honestly i i the more people got upset about it the more i wanted to do it honestly i i just i i was like really really that's the hill you want to die on you want to argue about this shit and uh it was i felt like i felt like at that point and we were we were trying to bring some fucking aggression into the scene it was boring i mean it was great i mean there were great bands don't get me wrong but we that at that point that's how i was thinking and i was just like let's just fucking make a whirlwind and throw it because they were my favorite punk bands my favorite hardcore bands were the ones you were fucking scared of. And I, I always wanted to do that on stage. And, and Sean did too. But we may have taken it a little far sometimes. We may have. Well, that's, that's one thing you guys are referencing that hasn't really been brought up because I haven't, well, I talked to Jim before, but I haven't really talked to you guys together. Is that, and again, it's like you guys are saying, there's nothing wrong with it, but like the scene here from like 90, 899 to like when you guys came around for a couple of years like two years was a little safer i don't want to say suburban but kind of you know and you guys were the first one to kind of roll out like the more like hard uh yeah. the working class hardcore too you know yeah. what i mean 
And now there's been more bands that have come out here. Obviously, we'll borrow time, which we'll get to, and, and Wait We Carries around here now, too, you know. But back then, like, and all the other bands that I'm talking about before, I'm friends with those guys, so it's not that there's anything yeah. wrong. Because they all come from the suburbs, you know. And yeah. nothing wrong yeah, yeah. with coming from the suburbs, you know. But I'm saying, like, you guys, and obviously Jim's not, you know, uh, growing up in, like, the 19th Ward or any shit either, you know. But um, you guys still brought that element, that flavor to, like, more of, like, the, I don't know. yeah. I, I guess I guess you 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 know, it was like uh, that's what we were listening to. So we wanted to make sure that we were just obnoxious sometimes. But you know that's what hardcore is, right? Punk's supposed to be fucking a little obnoxious. I you know I st- I always try to have that attitude, that punk rock attitude. You, you know, with I just wanted to, I liked when people were irritated by stuff at the time because then they'd like it, and then they might you might win them over so but i was also younger and stupid so um one thing that i think jim and i were talking about in his episode and i'm thinking about now too is was there like any overlap between something sacred and borrowed time or did you guys like stop doing something sacred and then start borrowed time? We, we 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 stopped we stopped doing something sacred and uh yeah it, that it, it how did it end i can't remember i'm trying to think of the last show do either one of you guys remember the last show wasn't it the one at the back of that record shop uh, with, um... no, was it the one in the, we played in the basement of Java's? Was that our last show? The one where you guys covered Bad Brains? That, that might have been yeah. the one with Desperate Measures. Yeah. I thought the last one was at the park with like Burning Bridges from Albany or. Oh, it might have been. Oh God, yeah, with Old Man, Old Man Gloom. Not Old Man Gloom. It was like the fucking band before, um, oh, I can't remember. I can't fucking remember. Yeah, you're right, though. One the- of those lodges, maybe in like Brighton or something. It, and I remember it was like winter because it was, it was yeah. like fog up inside. And I there was remember. a lot of space there. Quiet petered out. I can't remember what happened exactly. Well, I think like Jim said, Dan was getting ready to move to New Orleans, which I'm actually oh, that's have... right. Dan was leaving, yeah. and you know, at that point, Dan had definitely came in and like yeah. was carrying a lot of it and juicing it up a bit. Yeah. And he, you know, he he was bringing definitely bringing something to the table. Yeah, I'm going to have Dan on a future episode to talk about because he's had some pretty cool shit happen in New Orleans. I'm guessing. After yeah, too, he's got stories so. for days. Yeah. So and I, and he has you know mid nineties Rochester hardcore. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Too, so. Oh for I got sure. Him to the, I got him to send me the three songs that we demoed with him. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So I I got those. I can. I mean, he could send them to you too, Josh. But um, they're a lot better than I remember. Are they really? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna them actually and see if I can get them. Yeah, they they hold up pretty good for for what they were. But um, yeah. We'll see yeah, it was a fun hardcore band. Yeah, we'll see about getting one of those on this episode because I don't think we put any. You put on, dude, you put on all the rad shows there. You were putting us on all those rad builds. So thank you. Because you were, you were bringing some pretty awesome bands up at that point. Thanks. I mean, yeah, like I was saying before, that was a good I'm sorry, I'm sorry if we made your work harder by acting like louts at any point. I never had any issues with you guys. I, I, I know some people were intimidated by you guys, but I... I never really felt that way. So we're good. <laughs> you good. Know. So yeah, then borrow time starts up and obviously I've had Jim and Brendan on before, so they've kind of told the background, but I guess what I'm curious 
from your perspective though, Aiden, is were you like going into this immediately after Seven Sacred, like knowing it was going to be like just you on vocals or? My Why Borrow Time started uh, initially was that I, I had some pretty heavy family stuff. My mother had, you know, had gotten cancer and I was trying to cope with that. And, uh, so I approached Jim and I was like, you know, I want to do something different and I want to do something really fucking heavy. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how I remember, you know, it initially starting. And then uh, we actually talked to Dan and then talked talked about getting, going to Brendan. We went, talked to Brendan. I had met Brendan around at that point a few times. I liked him. And uh so yeah, we talked to Brendan. I, I think we did something before he got in, right? We had that one kid playing with us. What's his name? The one we talked t- about this. We talked Tim? about Jim. Was it Tim? Tim? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, Jeff's buddy. I had, break, I had to break up with Tim. It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Shout out to Tim. Sorry about that. If you're listening, Tim, sure. always a good dude. He is a good dude. And he knows good. if he can't laugh about 20 years ago. Well, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, yeah. So then, uh, Brendan came through, and the three of us kind of fucking figured it out. The first show was the Madball show at the Penny Arcade, too, right? For you guys. Yep. That's a pretty good first show, you know. Oh yeah, we oh. came out strong, man. We yeah. were we were like confident as motherfuckers. Yeah. I I, have I was fun. ready. Yeah, I got really fond memories of that show. I wasn't really booking shows at the time because uh, I had yeah. started partying more at the time. Jim, Jim and I have some uh, mutual experiences from that era. Um, but I, I got some fond memories from that show and from a lot of your early shows around that era. They were really uh, fun. Yeah, they you guys really- played, I don't know if it was Steel or whatever it was called at the time, uh, with Sworn Enemy. Uh, oh god yeah that was right from the get-go there was trouble it was fun it it was wild (laughs) yeah that that was a night there was some trouble that night yeah right there was always a little little something happening in the background oh i I, until it wasn't cool it was cool you know i was always like who's gonna be up who what the fuck okay (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy why (laughs) but i i you know and then we ruffled nazi some Nazis feathers. That was pretty fun. I was really happy about that. Fuck Nazis. Yeah, there's never anything wrong fuck with Nazis. Nazis. Fuck Nazis now and fuck Nazis then. Yep, 100%. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways we can go. But like like we're saying with the shows, obviously, right out of the gate, you guys started doing some pretty cool stuff. And then did the Reaper thing come along pretty quickly, too, to do that EP or whatever? Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I mean, um, I think so because we did the the demo that Aiden did the artwork for. Because um, oh, yeah. when that the first show was what like that Madball show was like October. Where did like pick this the first time? Because I remember when he saw us, that's when he kind of figured it figured that he was going to do something. I think I think that's what happened. He saw us and he talked to us after that. If I remember, yeah. Brendan might know better than I would. Anybody would know better than I would. But. Yeah, I don't remember that that time period, but I don't re- um trying to think when we would have recorded that demo and had like that. I don't know if we had that at that at that first show, if it was ready to go. 
because it wasn't long because if that was like later 2004 and then the then the ep came out in spring of 2006 for the record release in like april of that year um i think yeah kitzel moved pretty quick to to, to bring us in yeah yeah and you guys were, you guys were one of the first reaper bands too right i think we were the um black ss did something for us right yeah they're one they're then and we're two yep another thing i guess i'm thinking of too while you're talking about wanting to start like a like a really hard and like darker band like what like what were you thinking lyrically when you were first approaching doing this band aiden <laughs> you know the funniest thing is it's it's total lyrically total emo music for tough guys you know that's that's that was it. that was that was it i was just writing about my life and people in my life and and things that were around me and, and definitely stuff that in the scene and people in the scene that I had an opinion, wrote a song about them. Kind of just trying to be cathartic. And, is that the word? I think that's the word. Uh, and just uh, get some shit out. The the, lure, the the vocal style was was a little different too. I mean, you... But well, that, that, you know? that was definitely Brendan. That was definitely Brendan pushing me to do things. Brendan was great at that. Just drove me fucking crazy. I wanted to hit him in the head many, many, many fucking times. I throw I think I threatened to throw a chair at him one time, but I I he definitely pushed me to do different things. And I it was great because I really enjoyed it afterwards. I I'd never admit to it with my head hurting, but you know, I it was it was fun. I mean you can you know, and, and, and he he was good at he was good at like uh uh you know, saying, oh, uh, try and go for this groove. And we, we both listened to a lot of music outside of hardcore, even then, and a lot of rock. So that, that was helpful. Yeah. yeah, I guess I never thought of it that way, that you kind of do approach the vocals kind of like in a rock or like stoner rock type. Most of definitely. Most definitely. I mean, the best fucking, it's funny because like, as I said, I don't really listen to much hardcore, but I still listen to like all the proto punk you know i'm listening to stooges every day and you know mc5 shit like that and that 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 stuff created punk so you know it's that stuff is the good stuff yeah yeah no it definitely is no i mean if you look at like paul bearer is like in my opinion the most interesting sheer terror one of the most interesting bands in, in that new york hardcore scene because they were just so different right and mm -hmm. paul's lyrics were so crooning fucking amazing man you know, and then you can still do the beast shit, you know, the fucking bassy shit, so. Yeah, them and Slapshot are playing here in October with the current. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go, obviously. Yeah, That's for sure. Yeah. I, if they come to San Diego, I'll go. Is that where you're based sure. out of now, San Diego? or? Yeah, I'm in San Diego, yeah. yeah. I forgot to ask Back you that. Back in San Diego. We should put, like, all the pins on the on the map. I know. All the places, you know. Yeah, that just shows that the montage. I mean, hopefully it'll go all right. You know, I've had you know good and bad experiences at that place over the years. So, are you putting it on? No, I'm not doing any shows. That's one thing I was actually going to mention at the beginning of the episode, but I had a a pretty long list of things I was plugging there. Um, right. I had thought about doing shows and some live stuff with this podcast this year, but the way everything's looking right now, and who knows how it's going to be looking I, in two weeks. Don't see, I don't see anything happening. Yeah, you know, so, like I have, I have events that 
I'm supposed to do this year, and I'm doubtful whether they're going to happen. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying not to support people that are booking shows, and I know you're not saying that either. But like, I still plan on going to shows here, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna book any. And it's not just like a vaccination or a health thing. It's a whole. It's the whole. The whole package. Like, I don't want to deal yeah. with people being annoyed about having to wear a mask. Yeah, people, you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to yeah. deal with people being worried about being sick. I don't want to deal with somebody getting sick because of me. You know. So let's just wait it's till the next headache, man. That you don't need to to yeah. deal with. Yeah. When so, you got kids and and work and a life, right? Yeah, so I, I definitely want to do some shows. I definitely want to go to some shows. I'm going to go to that that show, obviously, like we're talking about. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not doing any shows for a while. I don't know who's booking that show, if it's just right through, like, Randy, a montage, or if Brendan has a hand in it. Um, I'm sure Brendan has yeah. something to do with it. Yeah, he's going to be playing in a couple bands that night. So Yeah, no <laughs> shit. It's so cool, right? Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. so proud of him. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while, but. Yeah, it's cool that you go all this. Um, so I guess sticking with borrowed time though, I, I've talked to those guys about tour in Europe, but obviously your perspective has got to be pretty cool because you had, you know, been there, you know, before. Well, and, I know it was really funny because, uh, I remember when we were, uh, it were, we were so used to hiding our merch to go out of America from, you know, going to Canada and stuff. And everybody, we were trying to figure out how to hide merch that we had. And I was like, don't worry, I'm a European you know, you don't have to worry about shit. You got a fucking patty with you. I'll say <laughs> it's all mine. Did you do Europe that? Was, Europe was really fun. It was yeah. really fun. It was, uh, it was a crazy fucking tour. It was fun as shit. And uh, we got to meet some really fucking cool people and experience some really interesting and heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, it was great. It was great. We played in fucking war bunkers. Are you kidding me? I fell through the stage in a fucking war, in a fucking war bunker. And where were we? Where, where was that? Cologne? Um, I went right through the fucking stage, bro. Yeah. Like Jim early in their asses off me. I don't, think, I don't think you guys have told that story before. I've never heard oh. that story out here before. <laughs> That was a good one. Uh, I think his name's Rob. Rob from uh, Brendan knew him from before. Rob from uh, Born from Pain was at that show, and like, yeah, maybe like halfway through, maybe the first, not even, maybe not even the second song. Aiden uncorks this like monster Hulk stomp and just boom goes through. And like, and I was on, you know, I was a huge motherfucker back then. I've I've lost nearly like sixty or seventy pounds yeah. since then. You know, I, I, I look at pictures, I'm mortified. People fucking, these hardcore fucking Instagrams post pictures of me. I look like I'm fucking eating a fucking side of ham, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus. But I, yeah, I did. I came out and it was this flimsy ass fucking stage. And I was like feeling it. And I fucking put my foot right through it and went with my foot. Did you? And uh, kept singing. That's what I was going to say. And kept singing. Yeah, exactly. Like one leg in, kind of started to flail, and then just rolls with it. And Brendan and I, like, I just couldn't not laugh. I don't know how the song kept going, but ever the showman, Aiden kept with his vocals. But uh, yeah, it was uh, fucking well, hilarious. Well, I mean, I, 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 I think that we we tried to be funny on stage. Like I went out of my way to try and be funny on stage because. I mean, Jesus Christ, 
you're presenting, you're playing hardcore music. You're fucking fronting so hard on stage that if anything funny happens, it's hysterical. Because you got this big tough persona as you're fucking playing these big beats and and then you fucking fall through the stage. I mean, what are you going to do? Act like a tough guy? You look like an idiot. <laughs> that's really hilarious. I, I, I've never done, like I said, I've never heard that story before. That's, that's, that's really classic. Any, any other uh, fond or funny uh, memories from the European? Europe? Of, yeah. of Europe? Uh, we went to the, remember the one place in Weimar when we thought we were taught, warned about the Nazis, and we we had we had uh, just printed these shirts saying "fuck Nazi scum," and uh, I remember Jamie was like, and there was all these skins at this show, and uh, yeah, that was that was funny because we were expecting something to happen, and then we put the shirts out. Jamie put the shirts out, and they loved them. They were fucking all about it. They were like sharp you know, sharp skin. So, but we had been warned, Hey, this part of Germany is still, you know, pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty far still on the East, you know, and there's some pretty fucking bonehead boot clicking Nazis around here. So I guess you, we didn't know what was going to happen. You mentioned in the fuck Nazi scum shirts brings me back to you bringing the merch, uh, through customs or whatever, those guys taking yeah. out your suitcase and they're being like, <laughs> no, they, they didn't. No, no, no. There was nothing like that. We, we checked our luggage. It was fine. Yeah. I, it, it, I, I don't think it even was an issue. I mean, it's a positive but, message, obviously, but it's just said in like a, not, not, I wouldn't say a weird way, but some people might take that kind of like, like, whoa. It's, oh uh, yeah. Everybody's going to be strong. Especially if they open a bag and it's just fuck, you know, straight. <laughs> Or yeah. they, or they, I mean, they had like uh, they had the like cross through it, you know, like cross out. But they, yeah, they had a giant fucking swastika on the shirt, you know, that were trying to smash. But like that's that's definitely an eye catcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ger- Germany was an interesting place to play. Uh, that was a good. It was a fun tour. It, those guys are great. Uh, I don't talk to them much now, but I still keep an eye on them, you know, on social media and stuff. But. It was a really fun tour. We did some, we did some cool shit. Uh, we played some good shows. Played with some good bands. Um, it was blacklisted. That yep. was the band. Yeah. That was yep. the band we played with. In I, I, because I listened to your your interview, Jim, and I think you said some other bands. Was that band in Holland we played with that were kind of dickheads? So, yeah, I thought it was Justice, but yeah, you're right. Josh is right, too. He's like, I'm pretty sure Blacklisted toured. Yeah, I, I for some reason, I made up on my head it was somebody else. But I think it was Black. Then we played Blacklisted and uh, Justice. That band, Justice. See, I knew Justice was in there. They were a pretty good fucking band, too. I like those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I like both bands. Maybe Blacklisted was just having a weird tour experience. Yeah, who knows? You know? Who knows? Yeah. I booked them twice, like early and early on in their band, like 2003. You know what I mean? So that that when you guys when you guys obviously toured with them would have been a couple years later, or not toured with them, but played with them would have been a couple years. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's hard to be mad about a band on tour. Being on tour can be stressful. Yeah, you know, Um, sometimes people are crabby. No, I I I definitely have talked fondly that like. 
obviously for many years on uh, from like 2003 to on i was like partying and drinking and not kind of keeping as much tabs on hardcore but but you guys were the band and don war to to a, a pretty certain sense oh it's a war we're, we're just you know. as relevant yeah we were yeah you guys were the bands that kind of kept me like going and interested in, in hardcore and i guess what i'm getting at is like like you guys were a pretty important band to Rochester for those years that you were in the band. And, and obviously Bar Time's still active, but Brendan's that are still important, but I'm, I'm talking your era, obviously. Like, like how do you look at that era and, and having been to, to different places, like how do you, I guess how do kind of, how do you look at Rochester? Like, do you, is there like, cause to me, like Rochester is different than a lot of other places. I, I, it was a fucking awesome time. And uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And uh, I, I'm really, really, I have very fond memories of that time. Uh, very uh it was a lot of fun there was a lot of good people there was a lot of nonsense but i was involved with a lot of nonsense myself um i'm actually i want to state this that i'm really stoked that uh chris is singing for borrowed time now i i couldn't think of a better person to be singing for that band because that dude was at every show up front and he was a little kid he was like a little Freddie Malboy. So I'm fucking stoked to hear that he is uh, doing that. And, and that's, that's, and it made me feel good because he, he, he messaged me and he said, you know, he was like, that period was really important to him. And so I guess we did something good, you know, and made, you know, something positive. But yeah, it was really, it was fun, man. It was fun. I definitely got tired of it. But, you know, playing in bands and doing that stuff. But while we were doing it, it was a lot of fun, especially myself, Brendan, and Jim. We we talked a lot of shit. It was great. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of shit. And we just had a lot of fun together, you know. And Colin, you can forget Colin. Everyone oh, yeah. Was fucking really, really, everyone that was in the band was really fun. You know, even even the people that were in it for a short period uh, that, you know, it just didn't work out, you know, but man, Murdoch was great. And who else was in it? Well, yeah, Greg for a while, Jeff. Greg. Greg. Oh, yeah, Greg. Greg was funny. Greg was really know. funny when I when we talked about it not working out because he was just like, all right, bro, what's going on? Am I out? Yeah, OK, figured. Well, and when well, he was laughing, he was a good dude. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty smooth. It is. <laughs> Considering. Yeah, touring was fun, We but it was also a lot. Fuck. Yeah. Do you remember, I don't often bring up self-embarrassing points, but... Oh, I'll bring all of them up. If, if you guys let me lose... Well, I mean, if you remember, I, if we mentioned Greg, and Greg's era was like, pretty ridiculous because he that was, was the G Allen period of borrowed time yes that's a good label do you remember when i lost that bet and i had to wear my ref outfit mm -hmm. yeah they were G Allen days that that was definitely uh yeah he wear a fucking he, didn't you wear a skirt wasn't that the I toronto could, show that four people i had my like had my lacrosse ref uniform oh, on yeah that's right that's right that's and right. I, the, like the shorts were like insanely high yeah, we we played we played this show in Toronto, and uh, it, nobody came. 
And it was because, well, first of all, the person who booked it was an asshole. He tried to run off and not pay us. Didn't work out. Uh, and fucked up, we're playing down the street. You know? That's right. Jesus. And everybody loves fucked up. How couldn't you? They're great. You know? So I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just play. And Jim played in his referee costume. <laughs> I was going to say, I must have missed that one, but I guess it being in Toronto makes sense. But I never heard that story. Like the end, I think it was the end of a tour, mm. the end of the Canadian, Canadian tours. Canadian, Canadian tours were, were really fucking epic. Yeah, you guys played they Canada were, a lot too, right? Uh, we played, man, they were great fucking shows. Those kids were nuts. Nuts. I remember, remember we played in that church. I'm fucking giving it all about, you know, in the lyrics, it's about Christ asking him why did he sacrifice himself? And, you know, there's this huge crucifix in front of me with Jesus hanging off of it and these kids just fucking killing each other and every bit of Irish guilt is going out my mouth. It was great. It was awesome. Remember the kid in, in Tetford Mines that apologized for not moshing hard enough? There was this? Oh, shit, dude. Because, I, you know, I had a whole shtick on stage. I'd be like, what the fuck? Dance harder, you fucking bitches. And, you know, whatever I was saying. And uh, they, they thought I was being, you know. They, uh, they took it to heart. They took it to heart. They came up and apologized. They were, like, the hardest but sweetest people you'd ever meet. You know I mean? They'd, like, want to, like, just throw fists in the pit. But then, they, like, the second it's they over, they're picking each other up. Fucking hard. It was like they were breakdancing. It was like electric boogaloo down on the floor. <laughs> it was crazy, man. And, they, and I'm like, oh, is that all you got? Uh, and <laughs> and, and they, I, they thought that I was telling them off, and I wasn't. So if there, any of those young people from Tefford Mines are listening, you're great. What future yeah, rule? Future hardcore frontman, be sarcastic on stage and push the envelope oh. as much as possible. Always. <laughs> you know? Make people laugh, man. Um, I guess before we jump into all the other stuff, what, uh, and Jimmy, you can jump in too. Any other fun memories or anything else stick out from Borrowed Time that you guys want to share that we haven't already talked about on past episodes? I didn't know what to say. It's dead air. Dead air, you're useless, man. You're the worst fucking person to be in an interview. Are you hire right How about this back support, huh? You feeling the back support right now? I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Yay. Yeah, I'm out here pulling on dry ice. Hardcore band. Bad credit report. <laughs> fucking sick. I I think I think um when we were doing it and when it was really going well, it felt it felt like we were it, it felt really good. Like it felt like we were like leading the charge on something, and uh, that was pretty awesome, you know. And we got to play with some fucking really nice people, and fucking, I think kids needed it, right? And then look what happened. Like it kind of like I don't think we were responsible. Dawn of War were just as relevant, and uh, you know, but like all the bands that came afterwards were great, man. Like it was a fucking really strong scene in Rochester now, you know, and that show coming, I wish I could fly back and be there for it, but I can't. 
for uh, for Anthony. Yeah, that's uh... I mean, that's and that that sums up Rochester hardcore to me. Mm-hmm. It's a very family orientated scene. It definitely people have each other's backs. You know, they might fight a bit much, but you know, they definitely look out for each other. Yeah, people rush quickly rush to help them out, and that, like you're saying, definitely goes to show what the community is like here. You know, I, I mean, I would expect that in any scene, but I just think that we well, a lot of us don't fit in in regular society, right? We don't fit in, and I mean, we do our best as we get older because we realize we have to to a degree. But have, growing up in a community like hardcore punk, it's, it's great. It's got it's got its uh, it's got its downfalls, but you know, it definitely is a community. You know? I feel like I could t- I could hit someone up from the scene in another ten years and just chat like nothing's happened. You know, sorry I haven't talked to you in a while, Jim. Hey, igualmente, uh, same here, pal. But we're getting all emo over here. <laughs> yeah, You're well, no, it's, it's fun. I mean, you can you know, like when we went up to Tetford Mines, you know, those like English is a second language up there, and um, yeah. but those it's there's this. There's this like immediate bond for. I mean, you can suss out some assholes here and there, but especially like when you narrow down to like more like so old school and like New York bands, like there's just this almost immediate connection. Like the we could hit it off with the German band so well and their buddies, you know, and have a real good time. And like my first year or so when I was uh, here in Tucson and, and teaching at a juvenile detention center, so one of the maintenance guys, he's like working on like the plumbing in one of the kids uh units was like um he's like hey did i hear you're from uh new york like what part and i was like well rochester he's like is that near syracuse i'm like yeah and he's like you ever get any of the hardcore bands like earth crisis <laughs> like 45 minutes later like they were they didn't even let the kids out because i wasn't ready for class and they were just like he and i were just rapping about all these bands back and forth and you know it's just this immediate connection it's just it's unlike anything else um it, it's that special do you remember uh, do you remember when we got pulled at the border and we were getting searched and that one it was like the middle of the night we're coming back from canada and uh that one dude came in i think he saw someone brennan's shirt or something and he, I, he had some new york hardcore shirt on but this guy was like Oh shit! I'm from fucking New York, and he starts going on the old spiel. It was perfect. Yeah, he put all our shit back in the car. Just talked about Agnostic Front. And <laughs> yep, hardcore band, and he was like, "Get out of here!" You know, it was fucking awesome. Man, what are the odds? That's hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, I think your time, like leaving borrowed time or whatever, coincides with when you pretty much left Rochester too. Then, right? Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I definitely, you know, my life was hard, you know, at that point, I, I was suppressing my, you know, the fact that I'm gay and I was like hiding that. He was like, I just couldn't do it anymore. I needed to get somewhere where I felt I could think about it and come out. And, you know, I was, was, I found it hard to come out. You know, I was involved in the hardcore scene. I was involved in tattooing. And at that point it was, you know, and I was also had this bravado that my own machismo nonsense, you know, so I, I yeah, so I, I moved out to California and uh, <laughs> yeah, just kind of slowed the pace. I just didn't want to do hardcore anymore. I kind of got sick of it. Of like, I got sick of the fights, 
I get sick of seeing people beat each other up and I just started resenting it, you know? I felt like it was like uh, I was helping write the soundtrack for fucking suburban kids to beat the living shit out of each other, you know? And it, and sometimes that was, that's how it felt to me and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. It's just like done. Yeah, I've always thought about that. It's gotta be hard to to like be a frontman in a hardcore band for a long time and to watch each other people do that to each other like every night you know i remember the last show that i i the last show that i i the last bar of time show actually no the last bar of time show was supposed to be the last dawn of war show right they had like 50 last shows but i think that well yeah was yeah but well, we we, <laughs> we we took it and but no, we played a show up in Syracuse, and this is all me, you know, because we just recorded a record, and it was—it's a crusher, you know. And uh, but I just—I was spent. I was—I was holding in these things, and I was, you know, I struggled with depression, and you know, I was just like I couldn't do it anymore. And uh, we played the show in Syracuse with Ringworm and Freya, I think, and. Dude, it was just a fucking brawl right from the get-go. And it wasn't like I cared any, any at this point. I was just like, are you guys done? I was like, are you fucking done? Are we here to just fucking play the music for you guys to fight each other? And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, so I, at, at that point, I was like, I'm done. You know, I didn't want to do it anymore. So then I moved out to California. And just, I just, I, and also, I just wanted to concentrate on my work and concentrate on my tattooing. And that was always a struggle. I always tried to, I, it helped my tattooing because it would bring me clients. But at the same time, I was like, I can't go on tour. I got all this work I got to do. You know, I even, I tattooed on tour. So sometimes. You would bring like all your equipment and shit with you and whatnot and just. I did to Europe and these fucking assholes told me the show had moved up. Thought it was really funny. Brandon and Jim, I, I yeah, I was tattooing in that. Uh, uh, Andreas' shop in, in Germany in uh, this same center and, and uh, yeah I just started a fucking tattoo and Brendan and Jim walk in the room and they're like bro uh, the show's early it's starting early and I was fucking so mad I was like are you fucking kidding me are you get the fuck out of the room I threw them out and then they were like came back and told me they were busting my balls I was so oh god, god. <laughs> Brendan and Jim are Brendan and Jim were cunts to be honest with you <laughs> that's why I want this to go on record that I apologize like I would get swept up mm -hmm. in these humorous sessions they were far too many of them at Aiden's expense yeah. And I wish he just pulled me aside one time and just popped me in the jaw and said, hey, you no, fucker, who's side are you on? And I'd be like, oh, shit, you're right. And I'd just straighten up. But sometimes the laughs would just pull me in. Yeah, no, it was good. We, we, we had a team, you know. Jim was coach. Brendan was boss. And I was turbo. That's right. What was Colin's nickname? Sweet C? I don't know. Oh, hey, shit. Fuck, I forgot yeah. about that. Well, Aiden had before we we put he had a little bit more piss to get out before he left. We did that power violence band for that summer. Oh, that's right. With sketchy. With sketchy. Who he still talking to me about it? <laughs> Bro, we gotta do anything with those riffs. I mean, I felt like we were right there. Oh, sketchy. 
that guy, the guy's next level. <sighs> yeah, we did do a pirate with Zane and yeah, I had, yeah, you're right. I had a little, I, it was like a temper tantrum like before I left town. That's, that's kind of what that felt like for me. I feel like I'd kind of be remiss if I didn't ask this. I know I didn't like, it wasn't something really like talked about before, but you just kind of mentioned it. Like, like, I guess suppressing like feelings as like a gay male or whatever, like, yeah. And you were talking about like, kind of like being depressed during your time towards the end of Borrowed Time. Like, are there any yeah. lyrics or anything like that that you like wrote that like touched? No, anything? not really. Um, not really, because I, at that point I, I wasn't even ready to have the conversations with myself, let alone put it into lyrics and stuff like that. No, no, I, you know, I, it was such a, a part of me that was hidden away. And, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't now. Now I could totally have a fucking queer core band. I just tattooed a gay punk today. It was great. You know, it's like now I don't give a fuck. If someone t- has a problem with me being a fag, then fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. God damn it. You know, I'm the same fucking dude. You know, you just didn't know. Right? That's, 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 you know, and I definitely, there's a few people that have definitely shown colors, you know, but there's way more people that don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, that's cool. The age we live in too, where I think people are a lot more accepting too, but like, it's, it's like almost like it's better to be open now too, though. You know what I mean? So, and it's, yeah, for sure. I think, I think, you know, when I moved to California, I met some guys that were into hardcore that were also gay and that was great because the biggest problem I had had was I loved all my gay friends, but I never felt like I, I never related to a lot of what they were into, the struggles they had to deal with, you know, stuff that I later learned, uh, but I never had to, uh, you know, I never had to deal with that. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't relate. So I, I, I met some guys out here that were, you know, fucking into hardcore and into punk and into art and into toys and the shit I'm into, you know? So that was kind of helpful, you know? There's, dude, I, I tattoo, I tattoo the fucking drummer from Government Issue and he's a big old bear. You know, there's <laughs> a lot of guys from the scene and from some pretty important bands that are very comfortable now with being open. And uh, I think that's, that's kind of fucking awesome, you know? I mean, it was funny because I, you know, I was like, I wish I had the, even back then I was like, I wish I had the courage of fucking Bob Mould or, you know, like people like that. But I, there was no, especially at that time period. You imagine if I said it on stage, hey guys, I'm a big old homo. How would that have gone down? Well, shit. That would not have gone down well at that time period. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably would have thought you were fucking with them too, to be honest. Oh, of course they would. During that time period. Especially what, the, what you were just saying too about all the shit you were saying on stage at the time too. You know, people would have just thought oh, it was yeah. part of the or whatever. You know. Yeah. I know. I would say anything on stage. Yeah. Um, so referencing California again, like is that where you've been based out of pretty much the whole time since you, you left the band and left uh, New York pretty much? Or? Uh, yeah, I went, I went back to San Francisco. Uh, I worked in SF for a few years. And then I moved down to San Diego, uh, worked a few years in San Diego, and then moved back up, up north uh, to Santa Cruz. Well, I was back working, I was working in Santa Cruz in uh, San Francisco. And then I met my partner, 
and he he is from Kansas City. So I had gotten the job offer, an opportunity over in St. Louis, so I could be closer to my partner, and we could do you know start getting the ball rolling. And uh, so I moved over to St. Louis for a few years, and now I just got back to California. Well, we both did. So, yeah, so I'm back in San Diego, which is nice. Yeah, I was going to say, because you're still doing the nomadic thing for a while there, but now it sounds like you're kind of settling down a little bit, hopefully, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it, man. We're, we're trying to buy a house. Nice. So, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to do that. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, again, I was bouncing around. Uh, I, I kind of picked the worst time to move back to California because I, I moved back right as the recession hit. And I moved to San Francisco, which is the most expensive fucking city. One of the most expensive, my, my favorite city in the world, but definitely expensive, you know. And, and at that time, it was nobody was getting tattooed because nobody had any money. So that was tough. That was pretty tough for a few years. So that's kind of why I bounced around a lot because I was like, uh, you know, I, got, I had to catch up financially. And by moving and doing stuff, I was able to do that and build clientele. My idea was to build clientele throughout California because I can travel up and down and work, which has worked. That's pretty smart, but I guess kind of jumping into current events then, and you're talking about like recession and stuff, did, did COVID and the pandemic affect, you know, tattooing and stuff for you? Like obviously had to in the beginning, but like- I did St. Louis. I was lucky because I was in St. Louis, so the cost of living wasn't brutal. Uh, so I was able to kind of just, it, it, I, I, I was working in a shop and I, I quit the shop because I saw it coming. I saw COVID coming. I knew what was going to happen. And uh, not that I was like fucking Nostradamus. I just could see the writing on the wall. And uh, uh, yeah, so I just kind of like, uh, I was able to lock down for a while and just paint, so I, which is great. Of course, I went crazy like everybody and things changed about me <laughs> even more. You know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, did you guys do okay during the, during, during the lockdown or did you guys get a little weird? Well, I'll, I'll let Jim go in a second, but I can say that once everything kind of started to calm down, we ended up, you know, creating another child. So that kind of shows where all my aggression went towards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, when I, I, I had planned a trip back to San Diego and I had contacted some, some clients of mine, some, some girls that, uh, that I tattoo and every, three of them were pregnant. Yeah. Three of them were pregnant. I'm yeah. Like, you fucking sluts. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had everyone had kids because my girlfriend's work. A lot of people went out on maternity. Like a few people at my job did, and like at the hospital, everyone was having kids too. So, I liked lockdown. I'm gonna like there was parts yeah. of it that I really liked. Yeah, actually, uh, before I ask you, Jim, how it affected you, I, w- I don't want to forget because I have a bad memory sometimes, short term these days. J- Aiden, you were talking about like painting and artwork and stuff, and no one can really see what I'm pointing at. You probably won't be able to tell, but like you have like paintings on the wall and stuff. Like, have you gotten more into like actual like like are you, are you like, like like do you do you like sell and like do artwork now or do you just do it like as, as like a hobby? Um, no, I yeah I I do paint quite a bit. Um, I one thing that I learned during the recession uh, and during times where I wasn't as busy tattooing, I was kind of like, well, I better start painting. So I uh, 
I started painting outside of tattooing and definitely pushing that. I have a, a whole different thing for that stuff. Uh, that I paint and, and make toys and customize toys, like designer toys and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, I got some projects outside of tattooing that I do. Yeah. And I def, you know, I, I definitely got really into painting and artwork outside of tattooing uh, because I get bored. <laughs> you know and I need to try new things and, and uh, look at different art and, and appreciate and see why things are the way they are you know just like music you know I want to I want to know where the where the sound comes from and that's the same with painting so yeah I definitely yeah I mean it looks like a hippie love den up in here right now I mean I got some fucking 70s shit hanging on these walls man let me tell you well, I'll post the picture of the stash vest artwork that you drew in 2002, so we can oh, have a yeah, oh, just kind of show like how your artwork has progressed since then, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jim, we talked about obviously COVID and stuff last year, but how's everything else been going for you since then, man? Uh, pretty good. We've um, yeah, having little ones and 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 bigger kids it's it's easier to like kind of keep yourself busy and distracted with things and getting out and about but yeah arizona's a arizona's a trip man um so you know in terms of masking up and and politics <laughs> out here it's just it's fucking bonkers you know yeah. um so it's a, it's a trip like we um uh, in my my educators union i'm a member and and, and try and play uh, an active role organizing and stuff. And, you know, our, our governor had banned masks and banned, you know, critical race theory and stuff uh, over the summer as they passed this like shitastic budget to, to benefit the billionaires who are here and all this shit and basically ruin the state. And um, yeah, you know, our, our, our teachers union uh, president is a, a black woman and she's talked about how scared she is to be out in public or, sit in the office and um you know we're one of those states that had armed people at the state capitol because you know a, a mask represents tyranny and oppression so you know it's not not outside the realm of uh, of possibility where, where people just saturday people came to our union office to sign some petitions to block all this bad legislation that the reactionaries pushed through and they said there's 200 people outside the this hospital nearby you know, protest and, you know, the mandatory vaccines that, that the hospitals want to make the workers get. And just like, just fucking the worst scum people, you know, they're, just rotten. They're, fuck, they're fucking civil liberty snowflakes. That's, that's it. That, that's just get that going. Cause they're, they're, and they're triggered by fucking anything. They just constantly want to move the goalpost. Look, nobody fucking wants to wear a mask. Nobody wants to get vaccinated. Just fucking do it. It's not about you as an individual. It's about us as a fucking herd. And then we can get the fuck on. We're never, nothing's going back to normal. This is not going back to normal. We're going to have fucking variants for days. It's going to go on and on and on and on. And I, you know what? These are just my fucking opinions. So you're fucking out there yelling at your fucking podcast player right now. Fuck, whatever. But... You know, yeah, give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. All you sound like is a whiny bitch. That's all you sound like. Me, 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 me. I don't want to wear a mask. Me, 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 me. 
that doesn't exist. Yes, it fucking does. It does exist. People die. Dude, I, I tattooed this girl. Her, she was telling me her father fucking was a cold denier. COVID's not real, blah, 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 blah. He gets fucking COVID. He's fucking on a ventilator still saying, this isn't COVID. It's just a really bad cold. Or is it, I got... It seems like everybody knows. It seems like everybody knows somebody who the exact story you just told that like they passed, oh, no. passed from COVID and the family's like, like oh, oh, it wasn't COVID or, or it was, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't know. Jim and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time. I don't want to get, you know, no, we should, we should totally but, veer the conversation away from that. All, all I want to say is there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems in this world and a lot of these people could be spending their time working towards a lot of other things that we need help with. And it just kind of sucks that they think this is something that's important to be fighting. I, 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 like I, my, my stance is that we're in America. It's a free country. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't. Yeah. But you, if you don't yeah, want to wear a mask in a place that requires you to wear a mask, then expect not to be allowed in there. Right. Don't and be don't a fucking, fucking little whiny yeah. fucking yeah. asshole. And don't, hit, don't fucking stand out there holding a sign. Like find, oh. like you have, those two hours, like, find something else to do with your time, Karen. You know what I mean? Like, come on. There, so. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of that, I, Jim. I, I, I here in San Diego, it's like it's very similar to Arizona in that sense. You know, there's a lot of that nonsense. But yeah, it's crazy. You wouldn't expect that in California, but oh yeah, well, fuck. Um, now. One thing you were kind of talking about earlier with the, like the Hayward family benefit that kind of I, I think about a lot now as I'm getting older, I think what we all do is, is like life's really short and it's important to, you know, stay, stay close to the people you're friends with, obviously. And yeah, we're pretty lucky to meet really unique individuals. And you introduced me and Jim to one of the, the most unique individuals. And Jim and I didn't get much of a chance to talk about him in our episode. So I kind of just wanted to mention Jake. Uh, yeah. he was, you know, a, a, a really good guy, obviously, but definitely a unique individual. And I don't know if you want to share anything Jake, about him. Jake was, uh, Jake was, uh, like as cool as Tin Lizzy and fucking like Johnny Thunders and Duck Dynasty wrapped up in a fucking upstate hardcore fucking Tasmanian devil. That's what Jake was. <laughs> Jake was one of my best friends and uh, he was fucking awesome. And uh, I miss him every day. And I, I wish he was still on this planet, but I'm sure fucking glad he was when I, I got to hang out with him. Yeah, Jake was a fucking, he was a dude. He was, he was a dude. That's the thing, if you were Jake's friend, he was like Lebowski, you know what I mean? But, but real, really, I often think, I'm sure Jake and I would have argued at this time period if he was still alive. We would have bickered about. We always argued anyhow. He was nuts, but he was really, 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 really sweet. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you remember that one kid? I was thinking about this earlier because I, I figured you'd bring Jake up. But uh, do you remember that one show in the park where that one kid just said something to him that one time? And we all fucking rushed that kid and we're like, no, 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 no,
That yeah. guy was, when you were first saying that, I was like, I don't know if I remember that, but now I kind of remember that, obviously. And yeah, he, he was a nice kid, too. He, he sang in some hardcore band from uh, Buffalo, I think. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Was that, was, was that the terror show that I booked in, in Ellison Park? Is that when that happened? Yeah. yeah. There was a couple near there was a couple near incidents that day or that night, I guess, or whatever, because yeah. not you mentioned that I can remember that show uh, pretty vividly, obviously. So um, speaking of terror, another funny uh, story that we've told on this podcast, but not with you here before Aiden is when Jim uh, kind of got into almost a little not almost a little dust up at that terror show in Buffalo. Yeah, well, what's his face? What's all, what's that dude's name? I think Jim and him ended up becoming friends afterwards because he seemed like a pretty right. funny dude. Whatever. That's yeah. the fucking thing. Like all hardcore beef is stupid. Yeah. You're just buddies and have met. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like get over it. It was just funny because like I said, on the, when Jim and I were talking before, I didn't even see the fight and I was just like standing up front watching Tara and, and you came right up to me afterwards. He's like, yo, did you see that shit? And I was yeah. Like, Tara, I know. Tara was I'm fucking first awesome. First and I was like, no, there's a fight. We didn't really know those guys. We knew them, but like, because I think, like, wasn't Joe Riverside was there and, like, uh, that big fucking guy. What's his name? Andy or and not Andy Lane. Andy, there you go, Andy. Yeah. He was a nice guy. Yeah. He was a nice dude. But, yeah, they all came up to the front. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, here we go. We're going to get beat up. This is going to yeah. be hilarious. But, but we were also, like, we had, like, we were fucking pussies, you know? We had Big Sean with us, and I remember that. But, yeah, that got squashed pretty quick. Though. But that guy was, he knew he was dancing like a dickhead anyway, yeah. so. That's the thing. Like, I definitely, like, like I said, I don't want to really mosh anymore anyways due to previous injuries unrelated to have hardcore. You, but. Have you guys seen that one uh, meme that's been going around, or the GIF, or whatever, where the kid drinking his beer and gets this yeah i think that there's a hardcore show that's a hardcore show that's yeah. what it is. hardcore shows the dude kind of sounds like rick to life i was like is that a coming correct show or something my oh, buddy I... who does know zero about hardcore except for what i've told him he sent me an instagram uh, and i just died i'm like of course it, it makes it this far and wide yeah. I, I think like... i think i think my boss showed it to me my buddy adam he's from boston he's old boston hardcore dude and uh, we were dying. I was fucking dying when I saw that. But yeah, I, I, no. But uh, what were we talking about, Jake? Yeah. No, we're talking about beef. The beef of the show. Yeah, oh, but that, yeah. That, that that didn't even turn into anything, did it? Right. it no, it was it was squashed. And like I said, I think those guys became friends. Like during those bar guys are great. Stuff. I love those dudes. Yeah. So. And I, I was always cool with all the Buffalo dudes. I mean, were you, know. you were you at that agnostic front show where all those Nazis were there in 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 in, in uh, Buffalo? And that's the first night I met Ruben. I was at a couple AF shows. I feel like Jim and I went to a couple, but I'm not sure if I was at the one you're talking about. Or well, not. Uh, yeah, I I remember they were fucking Z Highland fucking AF, and then the the music stopped, and I was like. They're fucking Cuban, you assholes. Like, I was just yelling. And all these skins looked over at me. I was like, oh, shit. And then <laughs> Ruben came running in. We like, what's up, bro? And that's when I met Ruben. And that was the best because he fucking had my back. It was awesome. And that dude was the shit, man. I love that guy. Yeah, Ruben's a good dude. I could, totally, I could totally picture him. Oh, he came in like, fucking, what's up? Like, who are these fucking Nazi fools? Like, he yeah. wanted to stomp them. 
It was great. I was like, that guy's the coolest dude I've ever met. Uh, I definitely wasn't at that show. I'd remember that. Were you at that show, Jim? That doesn't sound familiar. That might have been um, before I like before I come around those. It was it was was pretty. It was it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Have you interviewed Ruben? I mean, I know he's not from Rochester. I interviewed him. He's I don't know if he's still out there, but he he was he was out in Hawaii when I interviewed him last oh, year. Oh shit. So, yeah. Actually the last time I saw Ruben was in San Diego. Uh with um the, I think his band were called the Chosen Ones. Yeah. That would have that, that would have been a while ago, like ten years ago. That was like eight years ago, but that was the last time I see I mean this, we are I, I am old. So any yeah. of you kids listening, I'm old as fuck. So you know. But the guys I'm talking about are old too, so including yeah. these fools. So yeah. yeah, the old adage, we're not getting any younger. But no, shout out to Ruben. Ruben's always been a good dude. Probably get him on again. Oh, the best. He's the yeah. best, man. I used to love when I'd see him at a show. Because you'd always know like he was just gonna have a good time, you're gonna mosh, and he's gonna be funny as fuck, as he always is. Well, that's actually another another key point too during that era. Uh, not to jump back to borrow time too much, but 2006, because I remember this is when I was like getting ready to travel across country. There was a lot of shows too with borrow time, Don of War, and Infamous too. Speaking oh, of Jordan, yeah, those guys, great. Those guys were yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that demo. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they they went on to do other more notable bands, but that that demo was really good. You know, and they were really yeah. Fun. No, I thought they were great. Those were they were they were they were fucking awesome live for sure mm-hmm. yeah no that was a cool period right there were some good shows at the montage yeah no that like i said i i kind of lost interest and i'm not gonna you know talk too much shit here i mean we could because there was a show that you guys dropped off of with the individual involved but anyways um i um <laughs> i stopped doing doing shows and, and getting interest was losing interest because of a lot of shit talk here and Sometimes I kick myself for doing that, but a lot of it had to do with like drinking and shit like that too. But what I'm getting at is I'm thankful for you guys because if it wasn't for Borrowed Time and Donna War, like I don't know if I would have stayed into hardcore that whole time. Like I probably would have listened to like Terror and Madball still, you know what I mean? But it's, 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 you do, I think, I think everybody at some point, you know, has those. If you're into it, you, you're like, fuck this shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't go to hardcore shows now and uh, I will, but you know, I just don't have a crew. I don't have a Jake or a Jim or you or, you know, a bunch of guys hanging around and uh, you know, I work with some guys that will go to shows. Like I'm going up to see idols in the desert with my friend and it's not a hardcore show, but they're good. And uh, I did buy a ticket for circle jerk. So next year. So, Awesome. I came out of 2020 going, I'm going back to shows. I'm not going to not attend live music. And then the first show that happened, I think it was like some stone or rock show. My friend's like, you want to go? I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not going. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah. It's a Tuesday night. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, my, my only, live, the only live thing I've been to so far is a friend of mine who was kind of into hardcore and stuff. He's like a live DJ now, and he he performed here Sweet. a few weeks ago. But there is like four or five hardcore shows coming up, but I'm it's, it's interesting for me because like doing this podcast and shit, like I was telling my girlfriend, Sarah tonight that I want to go and network with these people. But like, I'm going to be real. Like the real me just wants to like smoke a, blunt, smoke a blunt and go there and not talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Oh, I, no, I can imagine. 
Yeah, I don't want to fucking like there's well, first of all, with the whole COVID thing, but like I don't want to like and it's all due respect to like friends and shit, but I just I would rather just like stand there and not I, like talk to anybody. You know what? Uh, when <laughs> when I was younger in the scene, I always loved seeing the older guys come through for a sh- like a show. And uh, I was like, oh, yo, there's that dude for used to be in blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but they never would hang long, you know, and, and that's where we're at. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'll go to a show, but I'm, fuck, dude, you, those fucking 13 band shows, you can yeah. fucking eat my dick if you think I'm fucking <laughs> that long. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll come up late or something or, you know, and that's not some pre-Madonna shit. It's just that I can't do it. Yeah. We went. We went to see. We were in San Francisco, and uh, Sean. Sean was up from Santa Cruz. Sean is living over in uh, Santa Cruz. Sean from Something Sacred, and uh, we went to see Quicksand. And we went with a younger friend of ours. And uh, man, as soon as we got there, I was like, "There's wall space. Let's get it." <laughs> yeah. And and it was funny because it was it was a Tuesday night, so. And the crowd for quicksand was like mostly dudes in their thirties and forties. Right. Yeah. And then a bunch of kids moshing cause they're fucking, you know what? They just need an excuse to mosh. Right. And, uh, as the night progressed, I just watched these poor men try to find wall space and like hold their lower back and their sciatica <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I really, think we should start a band uh, a hardcore band called bad credit report and just like write songs about being adults like kids and you know fucking bad backs and eating enough nutrition and getting fucking <laughs> getting your fucking you know checking your butthole for cancer and shit that'd be sick fucking shit to write about God. I, you know, I am 40, so get your, I just get had your it. colonoscopy I every just year. Had it. You gotta start doing it. So I just had it, but they, you don't, they don't finger you anymore. Yeah. So my girlfriend's been telling me to get one every year for the longest time. You should, time. dude. Yeah. I think it's you because the one time I had to get one when, when I was 30, I got one. And afterwards, I was all loopy and I said some weird shit. So I think she probably just wants to see me like that again. Yeah. It's probably, <laughs> just, just give you drugs and then you yeah. do but you, you, you talking about that quicksand show reminds me, I went to see a band called Time and Pressure here. It was the last hardcore show I went to like almost two years ago now, or around yeah. two years ago at the Bug Jar. And I had, I had been in a car accident that year, so I had some injuries, but like I sat down the whole time on a bench, even when oh, I was yeah. playing. You know? oh, and I yeah. probably will. I'm going to the Bug Jar. I don't know if it'll air before this episode, but there's a show there this Friday. And I'm oh, going, is that Zane's band playing? I think so, yeah. Is he at Soma Slumber or whatever? Or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're playing, and and, and, yeah. and that's what goes back to what you're saying, too, because it's like a four or five band bill, and it doesn't start till like, 10, and yeah. then it says, it says after-party bands to follow, and I'm like, fuck? That won't start till like, 2 o'clock? I'm not going to that shit. Like, I gotta be... Uh, I got kids, you know? <laughs> they don't fuck around, man. He's yeah. fucking bringing it hard. We never did after-parties, though, did we? I can't remember ever doing anything like that back in the day. No, you guys remember doing anything like that in Rochester? No, we'd go places sometimes. Yeah. We'd go eat food. Yeah, yeah. We did a lot of food at. Yeah, know? I don't remember doing after-parties. Going to diners, and then I remember going to... We'd go to... Uh, what was that one? Gitsy's? Oh, fuck that place. Yeah, that place is gone, and I'm pretty sure. Is it? Um, yeah. That would actually you be another... Take the touring bands out for some food, you know. Yeah, that you Maybe mentioned. Go to the Bug Jar or go to the Crown or something. 
you mentioned it gets easy reminds me of another uh, person we lost actually within the last year in Rochester, uh, Patrick Doyle too. Who also Poor was, buddy. Yeah. That fucking sucked. Yeah. I, yeah, I was really shocked to hear that. That, that guy was awesome, man. Mm-hmm. He was like a ball of positivity. Yeah. He'd be like, what's up? Aiden Monaghan, Rochester Hardcore, what's up? Dude, always, yeah. always Sick. came with that energy. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, he had some of the best energy I've, I've, I've uh, seen. Now, there's a thing I've been doing. Rob Antonucci kind of gave me the idea of like doing like. So, so, <laughs> so say you want to do like from your city, like Rochester, Hardcore, Mount Rushmore. But like I was talking to Jim beforehand and we were like, well, with Aiden, we could do like Rochester. We could do Ireland. We could do. Now we're thinking, why don't you just pick your all time fucking lineup for a hardcore band? Oh, oh. <laughs> Put you right fuck. on the spot with a question like that, right? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Mackie on drums. Yeah. Uh, oh, or Sammy. Oh, fuck. Fuck, I don't know, man. What sound are we going for? What are we doing? Well, it what sounds like you're going to New York. You're going to New York right away, which I can't argue. Yeah, that. I mean, that's, that's my silly. gut, right? So yeah. that's, 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 yeah. that's what... Shit. <sighs> fuck. Fuck you, Josh. It was Jim's kind of idea too, so you can thank him. Fuck you, Jim. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. HR on vocals. Yeah. Ah oh, man, fuck. Mac Mac Yandros. All right. Who who we put on bass? Fuck. Oh, we're just gonna put Craig ahead on bass, right? We have two guitars. We got Walter. There's one other. There's one other bass player I could think of, but his antics uh, since he's <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Well, I mean, this is a dream lineup, so you yeah, that's true. They no, it's behave. your lineup. It's your lineup. So you go. You go. Oh, oh okay. No, well, I'm gonna stick with Craig because I've yep. got my love for Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need I need a metal guitarist to go with Walter, so it's really fucked up sounding. I don't know though. Oh, Chris Chisholm. Chris, Chris, for sure, right? I couldn't remember his name until you said it. I'm like, that, that's it. That's him. That guy's got the, the sickest licks of anybody. He used to play in All That War. And, uh, yeah, he's good. He was on that. He was on last time record, actually. Now, he's on the stuff that we didn't release. Yeah. Or maybe he's on he's on other stuff, but the last record I recorded, yeah. he did a lot of the solos and holy shit. Yeah. Talking about like Dude. taking a band sound to the next level, it was like unfucking so, real. He yeah, he's like, and be like, hmm. And then he'd go in and be like, <laughs> fucking Shreddy Krueger. You know. I don't think I heard any of those songs, did I, Jim? No, I might have sent them to you a while ago. I'll dig them out. They're they're sitting I don't somewhere have, like my my Google Drive or something like that. We I think those songs fucking rip, and he just takes them to the next level. That's we crazy. should. Brendan right. talked about doing something with that yeah. release at some point, but I don't want to take away from anything they're doing right now. So right, you know. but at a later point, we should do something with that. Yeah. Well. Agree. I guess you got a pretty good all-time lineup there. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good, right? Yeah, it's definitely it's diverse too. You know. Yeah, so no, no, no. You got to keep it weird. Yeah. 
Mackie though, Mackie on the drums, you can't, you know. Yeah, you gotta have that backbone, right? And I was hoping yeah. you would say HR when you were thinking like, right? When you started saying like, I, I did say HR, yeah. No, yeah, no, that's what I was saying. I was hoping you would, yeah. My son, I say it on every episode, pretty much. My son's initials are HR, uh, Hendrix oh, Richard. So, yeah. So um, HR man, that guy was amazing, but so tragic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, yeah, it definitely is though. I don't, that pretty much wraps up most of the questions I had. Is there anything else uh, we didn't discuss or, or any projects you want to plug? Uh, like the artwork and the tattooing, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm tattooing. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram. Uh, just my name, Aiden Monaghan, or uh, Monaghan Art is the other Instagram. It's just lots of cute paintings and cute shit. I draw a lot of cute shit. I no longer fight it. I'm good at it, so I do it. Um, yeah, nothing really. I got, I get, we got, I might have a, a solo art show coming up in San Francisco. Uh, I also have an art show here in San Diego with my coworkers uh, in October. So I got some stuff going on. But if you follow my social media, you'll be able to keep an eye on that. And if you're in the area, which come back. Yeah, if anyone wants to come to San Diego, people are always like, oh, I wish you were back in Rochester. Come get tattooed. I'm like, yeah, I live in San Diego. Why don't you <laughs> come over here? Because I don't want to leave. Dude, I am the fucking Lebowski. I just walk around with my sun hat on. Fucking, you, you guys see my sun hat? Hold on. This is how I'm living, man. <laughs> That's the look. We got to get a the... picture of that for the, for the, when I put oh, yeah, the on? ad for the episode. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, um, I posted a picture of my friend Josh, he's from Rochester, but he's like, were you planting plants? <laughs> <laughs> were you sowing seeds? No, but you have to, man. You live out here. It's so sunny. You got to stay. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Yeah. I mean, you can tell. Uh, fuck, dude. Arizona is fucking crazy hot. This whole summer has been brutal, too, though. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Um, I don't. I, I do wanna uh I do want to um extend my love to Anthony. Um I I just I, I'm a loss for words what to say to him. Uh I hope he and his family are doing well in considering the circumstances and uh mad respect and love for him and everybody from the scene back in Rochester. You guys are great. I think that's a good way to end this. Uh, thanks to Aiden for doing this interview. Thanks to Jim for backing him up on this. As thanks, always, Jim. Yeah. As always, shout out to Rob Antonucci and Greg Benoit for all the help and my family. Upcoming episodes will feature interviews with Will Carroll, uh, Chris from Borrowed Time, Jimmy Stat from Polar Bear Club, and a bunch of other stuff. As always, just follow us on Instagram, Enterprise Hardcore Podcasts. Thanks again, everybody, and stay safe. Oh, and uh, I love, love, hate. Much love to love, hate.